Hello, everyone. This is the cage, the steel cage. We are in Jordan mode. Today, I'm joined by a fantastic guest who loves history as much as I do. His name is Scott Williams. Welcome to the show. Hey, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. And let me kick things off by asking you, what pisses you off? What pisses me off? Uh, things that really piss me off is unfairness. Any oh. kind of unfairness, I sort of, I sort of rage So very, yeah, that that really that really does piss me off. Okay. So I, in my spare time, when I'm not writing, I'm a school teacher, uh, elementary school, from well, actually probably middle school for you guys, but we we don't have middle school here. We just go up to year six is our primary school, and you see a lot of that at school. So. Uh, that tends to really piss me off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's hard, right? Being in a teacher for elementary school, no less. Well, yeah, I teach year six, which would be your sort of, I don't know what you'd call it, but it would be middle school for you guys. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a lot. So they're having all those issues. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Having all those issues. In fact, we've, this, uh, this is the first time I've been on discord, but, uh, heard a lot about Discord this year because of all the shit going on at school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of kids use Discord, but mostly gamers. I don't know if you're into gaming, but um, yeah, I'm glad I, I broke your uh, Discord cherry. Good duck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, look, um, yeah, it's, well, you said something earlier that I I was going to respond to, but my brain's not working. It's it's uh, like eight o'clock on Saturday morning. Oh, okay. Coffee's still kicking in. Okay, okay. You live in Australia, I'm in Sydney, Australia. Ah, I okay. Do. Yes, okay. I do. That's why I sound so weird. <laughs> I I thought. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong. Aren't Australians aren't like like people like aren't weren't they like prisoners who like went on that island or something? Well, yeah, some of us were. Like my, I have a, a ancestor who was dragged out here on the very first. Like, you know, our version of the Mayflower was a a bunch of convicts being dragged out here to get marooned, and I had an ancestor on that, and uh, he had uh, stolen a loaf of bread, and he had. But then he had been transported to America, but in the meantime, the American Revolution had happened, and he got sent back. Mm-hmm. And then got sent to Australia. So, oh wow! <laughs> so huh. he did. He did a lot of going backwards and forwards. Okay. <laughs> in, in okay. A very leaky ship, I imagine. Is that what so, um, yeah, some of us? But sorry, go on. No, I mean, so they're very like original. Well, not the original Australians are the Aboriginal people, but the original people who came in seventeen eighty eight. Um, they make up a very small proportion. Mostly people have come, like I teach, the kids I teach, like probably 90% of them are the sort of Indian or Chinese. So we've got they're very multicultural in Sydney at least. Okay, okay. So but people have come in the last 50 years. All right, all right. Is that what spurred your love for history? I think initially, yeah, I, finding out that I had someone who had been at this like pivotal time in Australia probably did spur some of my love for it. Um, but there, I, 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 um, like I used to read, like I used to get, um, 
when I was a little kid, I get my dad to read me things about Egypt and that kind of stuff. So I was just into that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes you just you just wired that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to pops. Um, I have so many questions. Uh, let's talk about your book. Question for you. I've got a question. For oh, okay. Book. Okay. Well, Chris, my question for you is. Why the kangaroo on the logo for Jordan time? Oh, so or Jordan mode. I I just thought it looked cool. I like kangaroos. Oh, cool. I was wondering if there was some deeper meaning. No, no. It's all pretty surface level. Okay, okay that's cool. No, they they do look cool. <laughs> Thank Probably not you. as cool in real life as they do in a graphic design, but mm-hmm. I do want to see a kangaroo in real life though. Have you yeah. seen? Have you seen one? Yeah, that's, they're pretty. They're, yeah, oh yeah. Like I don't see them every day. They're not like I live in Sydney, which is you know a city of about five million people. You don't see them hanging around, <laughs> but you don't have to go too far out of Sydney to occasionally see one. And then there are some areas where they're a, they're actually a pest. Uh huh. So, but that's a fair. It's a fair way out of out of town. <laughs> a long way out of town. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see. You're like in the um, urban area. Very much so. I'm like five kilometers from the Sydney Opera House, where I am right now, so wow. very much in the middle of things. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, your book, Lightbulb yeah, Moments in Human History. Yes. Yes, that's the, that's what I'm talking about. I probably wouldn't be talking to you if it wasn't for that. <laughs> but there you go. It's amazing what, what, what life's rich tapestry can bring. Ah. Uh, yeah, it's it's a book. It's probably been coming for a very long time. I, I wanted to write for a long time. I was see if anyone who's not um, looking at a video and is hearing my voice, I'm an old dude. Uh, so I haven't been writing forever. I've been had lots of other did lots of other things beforehand, but I've been wanting to write, and I just um, kept on thinking, oh, what am I going to write about? You know, I don't know what to write about. They say write what you know, and all the stuff I knew was pretty boring. So I didn't want to tell anybody that stuff. Uh, and then suddenly I was like, well, I'm really interested in this kind of stuff. I sort of am a bit of a smart ass. And the idea is that it's history and it's the it's the big sort of light bulb moments in history, but I don't it's not told straight. It's pretty much a piss take, but also um it's real history. I don't I, you know, but I I look for the funnier parts of it, I guess, to make it sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Okay. Okay, so I have two questions now. Um what what light bulb moment is, would you say is like your favorite? Just like off the top of your head, favorite fun fact? The top of top of my head. That's an interesting one because I, I actually had been looking through the book going, I wonder what I'm trying to anticipate what you might ask. And funnily enough, that wasn't something I anticipated. <laughs> I guess it was probably and so some of them aren't necessarily good. Not all light bulb moments are uh, great. Um, and I look at sort of education because obviously that's one of the things that drove um, our humans to get better and better. We, we learn more and we were able to retain things and then learn more. Um, but when you get to, say, ancient Greece, um, well, I guess the, one of the funnier light bulb moments is the fact that in ancient Greece, uh, parents would uh, encourage their young sons to um, take a male lover because that was cool, which is fine. I'm, I'm absolutely cool. But in those days, that was actually not only 
accepted. It was encouraged. That was a, was a way of uh, of uh, sort of being taught something. You'd, you'd, you'd get some mentor, but the mentor would teach you about how the world worked in lots of mm-hmm. different ways, um, wow. including, you know, sexually. So, and they're all cool with that. So that's and that's pretty cool, I guess. But it also uh, meant that some young kids, like who were basically below the age of consent were being <laughs> sort of abused by but what we would say was abused, but in those days was all quite cool. Thank you very much. So Yeah. I would say it's my favorite moment, but that it's, is something it's the weirdest moment. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's lots of weird stuff. I mean I, I did look for the weird things, but obviously I do, you know, I try to trace how um humanity got you know, uh, increased knowledge and like how we got from using stone tools to the internet and that kind of thing. So, but the first book is just goes up to the end of the fall of Rome. Uh-huh. And I'm right now in the middle of the second book, which will take us up to around about the industrial revolution. And then they'll probably end up being, there's going to be three books, but the way it's working out, it's going to end up being four probably. Heck yeah. So hopefully I can keep on going. Hell yeah. It, yeah it, this, this is number one. It seems like you really Sorry, love writing. I do. And it's it's funny because it's not something I I, I I wanted to write for a long time, like I said earlier. But I didn't have anything to write about. I tried writing novels and they were absolutely dreadful. I tried writing one and it was just got to a certain point. I went, this is absolute shit. No one's going to want to read this. So I... um. I let it go for a while. I did some study because I went. I changed careers. I went from I had a printing business, and that's when I, I had to study to change to, to become a teacher. So mm. did a lot of academic writing, um, and so I lost the love of writing because all I was doing was writing sort of papers for university. Um, and there was only in the last few years I've gone. Yeah, I should write something again. I should think about that. And then a friend of mine sort of said, well, what would you write about? And we had a chat and then just, just having that chat made me realize what I could write about. So that was, and then I started and then like what, 18 months later, I had a 55,000 word book. So. Wow. Wow. (laughs) I mean, okay. So it certainly seems like a lot. You, you said earlier that you were anticipating what I was going to ask you. So then it got me curious. What do you think I was going to ask you? Well, I listened to some of your podcasts, and I was listening to some of the, the questions that you were uh, you were asking people. So I have a few que- answers just to some of the more standard questions that you've been asking. But um, you know, and I think I, I did kind of think, given the way you you do the podcast, that it was better just to be loose and just respond. Mm-hmm. So while I have a couple of answers, I didn't really you know, study up too much. Okay. Okay. That's, that's perfect. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. You said you were a punk rocker. Tell me about that. Yeah. Oh, this is back, back actually in the, in the sort of late seventies. So a long time ago, actual mm. real punk rock, not, not the, well, everything's real punk rock, but this is the sex pistols kind of days. Oh, okay. Ramones, sex pistols. Um, yeah. I, I was in a very unsuccessful punk band. Uh, we could barely play, which was pretty much what um, punk was in those days. Uh, we played played a few gigs, had a bit of fun, 
I played bass because bass was the easiest thing to play in punk. You just basically pedal one note. So it was, yeah, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Got out, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a spit in the face kind of punk rocker, but uh, I was far too nice for that. I was well, well, too well brought up to be one of those guys. Oh, okay. But yeah, had have had a bit of fun. Yeah, played in some inner city pubs in Sydney, on some stages where. Probably bands that you would never have heard of, but the quite quite famous bands here. I had played, so that was that. So that was a bit of uh, was interesting. But yeah, okay. that was that was then. You just lost oh, passion. We were terrible. I mean, um, we were terrible. <laughs> it got to the point where we weren't getting anywhere because we were absolute shit. So there's a certain point where um, you either accept that you're crap and just decide that you're going to get better or you accept that you're crap and give up. We accepted that we were crap and gave up. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I, I relate uh, though. I feel that. Um, I mean, you're doing better things now, right? You know, you love what you do. Oh yeah. Like I, I love, love the writing actually. Cause I, uh, I love teaching. It's, it's great. Um, I know that's, Probably a cliche, but it is a bit. Of, it's 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 great to sort of. I'm sort of somebody who gets in there and has a bit of fun with it. Not I, I like, up probably. I, have, I haven't I haven't dressed as a banana, but I have dressed as lots of other things in class and had a bit of fun with it. So right, right. I, I would, you know, if, if you were close to buy, I might borrow the banana suit for. Um, thing, but, yeah. I highly recommend the banana suit. Out. Next time in class, yeah. just get a banana suit. They'll they'll love it. I swear. That would certainly get, certainly get their attention. Yes, as yes, you'll go bananas. You'll have so much fun. Absolutely, they'll have fun. Uh, Man, wow. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you actually. Oh, Sorry. okay. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, the podcast. Why? Why do you podcast? What? 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 I mean, I, I listen to your thing. and You're talking to old friends, and that sounds cool. I'm. Um, I'm actually on the verge of starting my own podcast with a, mm-hmm. with a friend of mine about history and stuff. So it's just interesting, you know, the, the, from my point of view, because I'm about to just sort of start trying to do it, just basically to help boost the book, I guess, really. So yeah. It's amazing what kind of crap you get involved in when you start down this road. Um, but, yeah, why, why do you podcast? So initially I podcasted because I was bored and I had nothing to do. But then as I be- began doing it more and more, I just – I love talking to people like it gave me a chance to um just be myself, you know, just be out there and have fun. But at the end of the day, I'm just having fun. So, you do that podcast. You make your podcast with your friend. You can talk so much history. It'll be so much fun. And you won't regret it. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're sort of planning it up now, so we'll see what happens. But yeah. That's cool. So your question now. Sorry, I I I, no, I had written a couple things here. So <laughs> no, 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 no. I love it. I love it when a guest asks questions. You know, you take this very seriously, and I appreciate that. Um, so, okay, so between writing and teaching, which do you love more? Well, they're, they're both good for different things. I mean, teaching this week sort of gave me the shits for a while because of. Um, some teen, like the preteen drama, and gets a bit stressful. Um, but normally, of it, writing is one of those things I do by myself. So it's it's very different. One one I one I do with you know twenty seven kids, um, and, and basically doing 
a stand-up comedy routine for six hours a day uh, or writing is just something I do at home by myself and it's a very different vibe. I like I love them both but for mm-hmm. different reasons. All right. Okay. I mean, that's – yeah, I get it. I get it. It's like uh, – mm-hmm. what is it like? That's like – you like things for different reasons. Yeah, that's the gist. Okay, cool. Yeah. If you had to give me advice right now, just on life, what would it be? Okay, that's a good one. Um, look. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> given that I've been married and divorced twice, uh, my one of my biggest advice, pieces of advice is uh, – be very careful about that kind of thing because uh, it's it, like it's just this it, that makes it really hard. It's not something I chose to do. I'm not something I didn't want to be in this situation. So it is kind of scary when you sort of get to my age and you think, well, you know, all this stuff that you think was going to happen didn't happen like you expected. So you've got to be a resilient. You've got to be able to. Um, to change and not just go, well, this is what I envisaged in my life and that's that's the only thing I'll accept as a, as a good outcome. And then you have to just um, cho- choose wisely in the first place. So don't just jump right. into things. Um, but, yeah, when things do go to shit, you just have to be able to swerve and duck and weave and look for something, look, make, make whatever you've got better. Don't don't accept shared. Don't don't let it get you down. Just try to make it better in some way. Okay, be, that's my advice to you. Be optimistic. Optimistic, true to yourself, but um, always look for the uh, the upside. I got gotcha. you. Thank I mean, you. <laughs> I mean, there's some things where there's no upside. I mean, but again, that happens. But you know, if there is an upside. Look for it. Yeah. Sometimes you're just stuck in shit and there's nothing you can do. Absolutely. I get you. Absolutely. I get you. So I'm not going to tell you that there there are situations where that will always work. But in general, in your whole life, you just got to, you know, steer into the steer into the the swerve and then just sort of pull out again Mm -hmm. somehow. I get you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. I'm so, ready. If you were reincarnated as an animal, what would you be? This is one thing I did look at. So I, I heard <laughs> that question before. Okay. Now, in my book, I'm going to swerve back to the book here. Okay. <laughs> uh, I talk about before, 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 before we, I, I actually have a chapter about non human animals because there are a lot of things that, humans we take for granted like language and right. um, learning and stuff like that that um, animals kind of did before us and we just had we just basically they're wired into our dna like uh, in this case there's a is an octopus called the blanket octopus and um it does some weird shit um and it's pretty badass uh, and it will, if it's if it's confronted with a, uh, a predator, it will grab the nearest Portuguese man of war, rip off its tentacles, and use the tentacles as like whips, poisonous whips. Oh so um, I kind of figure that's pretty cool. <laughs> and they also use it if they're not being uh, if they're not being um, 
attacked by a predator, sometimes someone can just go fishing with them. They might just sort of whip, whip to get the uh, a little passing fish. To, in the sort of, and of course, they're they're immune to the uh, the venom in the Portuguese man of war tentacles, but everything else isn't. So they've evolved to be able to do this weird shit. Wow. So that would be kind of cool to be evolved, to be reincarnated as that. That'd be kind of um, that'd be kind of cool. And there's other octopuses. There's one octopus that carries around a um, like like half a, a coconut shell and uses it like a, a, a bomb shelter. So it walks oh. and sort of goes around with it and just sort of puts it over itself if something um, threatens it. And then um, another octopus well, in captivity, of course, because uh, you wouldn't do this in the wild. They can actually build Legos. Wait, why? They, <laughs> <laughs> you can if there's a there's been an octopus in captivity and they had Lego in the in the thing and actually could could it was assembling Lego to make like a like a wall to sort of hide itself. As wow, that's seriously wow. So octopuses are kind of interesting. Yeah, they're not, they're not, they're not, your, not your cuddly creatures that uh, you might say like you know you might. Want to reincarnate it as a koala or something, but, but uh, yeah, they're, they're not bad because they, they're always eating eucalyptus leaves and they're pretty much high all the time. So mm-hmm. a koala. So, but yeah, I think I'd go for the blanket octopus. That that's a good answer. I've never heard that answer before. I didn't know those existed. No, and you, no, and you probably never will hear that again. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh. I mean, that I think okay. That question is just. I like to ask that question because everyone's a unique person. Everyone has a different answer uh, most of the time. And it's just it's just fun. I, I'll enjoy that question. Um, yeah, cool. You said you had a background in graphic arts? Yeah, because I had a printing business and I did a lot of um, – I had to do art, like, like do the artwork for the printing. Because uh-huh. I, I, I was actually like the family business, and I came into it, and I hated doing all the work in the factory. So I, I made it so that when I ran it, I was running it from the art department. Uh-huh. So yeah, I did a lot of stuff like the uh, the cover of my book. I did the graphic arts on that. Oh, nice! It's a really good cover. Like not not to boost your ego or anything, but from one artist to another, you know, like yeah, I like it. Okay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So, so yeah, that's that's the kind of thing. Uh, what, what I did, well, I did that for a very long time. I, um, only 23 years I did that. And I talk about advice, giving advice. Um, if you don't like doing something, don't do it. I hated, well, even though I love the art, I hated being involved in all the printing and I spent a very long time in my life doing that. Right. And I look back now thinking, well, all the things I could have done. I mean, I it was good. I worked well. I got to work with my dad, who I, I really loved working with him. Um, but everything else about it was absolutely crap and boring, and I spent a very long time doing it. And you know, don't do that. <laughs> do do something that actually makes you um, excited to be there. Yeah, I which that is, is good. Which is why I like I, I love teaching so much because it's always different. I get to do all sorts of really cool stuff. Like I get to do, you know, make videos and i get to do artwork with the kids and i get to write plays and all sorts of bizarre stuff that you just don't get to do in any other any other job and it suits my kind of weird personality to do all that kind of stuff so (laughs) you're a creative person 
yeah, I'm creative, uh, but I'm also practical. But right. mostly, I, I prefer being creative. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. Like, what do you yeah. teach? Everything. Because I'm a, a as a I'm a well in Australia primary school is I have the one class the entire time. We don't I, we don't do like a high school. That's which you start in year seven. Then they start doing um, having different teachers for math and English and history and all that kind of stuff. But um, in year six in um, the Australian system, I have to teach everything. Wow. Which again suits my kind of weird personality because, but it's all pretty, pretty like it's year six math isn't that hard. Um, so it's not like I, like if it was any harder, like if I, once I got to. Uh, Sort of um, high school math, I'd be struggling because I was terrible at math. But um, yeah, year six, I can do. I mean, yeah, I'm the same way. I hate math, at least higher level math. I'm so bad at it. I'm more at art side. Yeah. Yeah. But dang, you yeah. teach everything. Like, does that get tiring sometimes? Uh, yes and no. Because you know, I've got my own class the entire time. I can sort of run my own race a little bit. So, like, I'm not, I'm not stuck to periods where the bell goes and suddenly they all run out and someone runs in, runs in and I've got to do a lesson and finish it in 40 minutes or however long the period or an hour, however long the period is. I can just go, okay, like, we're going to teach history now. And then if we're going doing, you know, 30 minutes of history and the, I know the kids have had enough, I'll just go, okay, let's do something else. Let's, let's switch it up. And I can just you know, play a game or take them out to run around in, in the, you know, or do anything. So it's, um, it's kind of good like that because it, it, if I do get tired or if the lesson gets boring, like sometimes you're doing a lesson and you just, it, it rocks and you just go for twice as long. And sometimes it sucks and you know, you've got to stop and you just, you have to just um, be able to turn on a dime and uh, do something else. Right. But that's kind of the beauty of it. It's kind of kind of fun to do that. Right. If you're if you're able to do it. Some people find that really difficult because they want to do everything in uh, a predictable way. But yeah, if you're able to um be a little bit more flexible, it can be quite a fun. It is tiring though, to get back to your question. Um like I came home last night after 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 a week of, of doing it and I came home and I'm like, Yeah, I was Pretty tired. Yeah. I'm also writing. Um, I'm writing uh, half yearly reports because we uh, we run our year calendar year. So this is halfway coming up halfway through the year. So I'm writing all report cards, which takes ages, hours and hours and hours and hours of work. Right. So when I come home, when I come home from teaching, I'm writing report cards. I'm not, I'm not able to. Don't have a lot of time to write the stuff I actually want to write. It's, I've always wondered that about when teachers like write report cards and do grades, like how much time do you spend on that? Okay. This process started four weeks ago and between, well, that's just, that's just the writing of the report. But before then you've collected all your uh, data or, um, you know, sort of grades and everything. So then you can write the reports. Uh, but I don't know what it's like in the States, but here you can't say like, um, you know, Johnny is hopeless at this. You've got to say, you know, he's working towards being competent at math. 
So you got to you got to couch it in a more uh, positive way. Uh-huh. Um, so you can't just so you, you can't you can't tell the truth. You've got to hide the truth. <laughs> if if Johnny is ADHD and bouncing off the walls, you say you know Johnny is an exuberant student um, who is who is learning to um, come to terms with the demands of the year six classroom. <laughs> So uh-huh. you just you have to hide it all, and the parents have to read between the lines. All right, say it without so actually saying. Spend, it. You spend, yeah, you spend most of your time putting all this stuff into words that, that parents will think, "Oh, he likes my child," <laughs> when in fact the, the child drives him crazy. But mm-hmm. all right, so that also leads me to another question: There are kids who hate, aren't there? It. Uh, Look, I've never met. No, that's not true. I've I rarely <laughs> met a kid I actually hate. Kids, kids can drive you crazy. Like my class at the moment, they're really individually, they're real, really great kids. But it's a bit of a interesting mix, and they bounce off each other in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. So, even though I can talk to every single one of them individually and really like them, this class is not my favorite class because of the the way that their personalities mix. Yeah. So I'm finding that challenging and it is dra- more draining. Like last year I had a, a, a much more cohesive class. The kids individually were no better or worse than the kids this year, but the personalities mixed in a better way and we had a, a fun fun year, whereas this year I have to – because I'm a – I like – like I said earlier, I like doing um, – like my, my classes are like – Still more like stand-up comedy, but I, I, and I, I don't. I try not to get angry. I'll just sort of point out, you know, in a funny way why someone's doing something wrong, and they go, "Ha ha ha! Yes, I am. Sorry, Mr. Williams," uh-huh. and move on. Um, but this year, I've had to get a bit more like Hitler sometimes, <laughs> which really annoys me. Yeah, uh-huh. because I, because I hate that. It's just it, a little part of me dies every time I have to sort of get angry because I don't like doing that, and yeah. it's not natural for me to do that. So. Okay, so what is the worst thing any like class has ever done, or any kid? Okay, um, early on in my career, I was a substitute teacher, and I was at a, a very, very rough what for Australia would be a pretty rough school, not a not a not a high socioeconomic area, um, and I walked into this classroom and. The, the teacher whose class I was taking for the day, he was doing a course at the school. So he was at the school, but I had to take his class. And he said to me, oh, look, for the first 40 minutes, just let them trade Pokemon cards because it calms them. And I went, okay, that's good. Then I let them trade Pokemon cards. And then uh, then they had, they had like news time. So the very first kid gets up and says, um, Last night, Daddy tried to strangle Mummy. I went, okay, well, let's just shut that down now. <laughs> uh, so, and it went downhill from there. Uh, and at, um, at recess, the, the teacher came to me and said, oh, so um, how's Janie going today? And I went, she's really good. She's just sat there and, you know, she's been good. He said, oh, that's good because yesterday she climbed a tree in the playground and urinated on the children underneath her. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> and I went. Oh well, uh, okay. Well, that 
She hasn't done that today, <laughs> but it's only recess. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, and that was so. Just there are things like that happen when you. It's mostly when you're doing, you know, being a substitute because they the kids muck up. They they just decide that um, they can take the piss and. You, you, we're never going to see you anyway. Yeah. So that's always pretty. That's pretty tough. Pretty tough gig. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas when, when they're your own class, they know that you know you build a relationship with them, and usually, it's it's usually it's pretty positive. Right. Right. It's because you're like growing with them. They they are stuck with you, and you're stuck with them. So it's like it's almost like family in a weird way. Well, it is. I mean, you know. You actually spend more time with them as just a teacher than their parents do. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. think about like their waking hours on, on, a, on a weekday, I'm with them for six hours, and they probably wake up in the morning. Mum kicks them out the door after being having breakfast or something, and they come home at night, and they end up going to bed. They're probably with their parents and interacting with their parents even less, but probably work with their parents for about five hours. And mum and dad are probably you know doing the things mum and dad do. They're cooking, you know, getting. And they're doing the, their daily stuff, and the kids are probably on devices or whatever. So, I spend more time with the kids than they do. Wow! So, and and they spend more time with each other than they spend with their own sisters and brothers. So it is kind of in a weird way, like a family. That's crazy. Yeah, particularly in elementary school or in primary school, in my case. Mm-hmm. Like, so have you ever thought of just like teaching like older, like um. People like college level, ever? Uh, well, maybe if I was younger, I'd probably think about that. But I came into this quite, you know, like I, I didn't start teaching at all till I was like forty-two, and at that point, mm-hmm. I got into it. And you know, it takes a while to get established. Like I didn't get a permanent job for about yes, ten years. I was doing sort of contracts, getting a contract every year, I guess. Um, so I didn't, I guess what you'd call it tenure. I got, I got tenure after about 10 years of teaching. So it, it, it was hard to sort of think I want to do something else when I hadn't even established myself doing, um, what I was doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, look, I, that, this is why I was saying earlier to pick something you want to do when you're younger that rather than get stuck in something, because I spent 10, 20 years doing something I wasn't really into and probably, if I had my time over again, I probably would be a university lecturer or something. But having said that, I don't know what it's like in the States nowadays, but in Australia, the arts faculties are being screwed big time. They're, they're, they're most like We get what's called a, um, a, there's a, there's a state contribution to your, um, to your fees. So you can, some of it you can kind of, uh, government will give you kind of a discount on your education, um, but they they give you less of a discount for doing arts courses than they do for say doing engineering or you know anything that's practical. If any, anything you can get a job doing, they subsidise more than people going to learn how to do um, Balinese basket weaving or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, same yeah. same here in the states. I feel like more there's less. Um, it's what you just said. There's more going toward like STEM, science, tech, engineering, and math yep. to those jobs rather than yep. like art-related um, fields and jobs. And it's yeah. So, 
So, so I guess what I was saying, getting to was there probably would be no jobs for like a, not, not enough jobs for people who wanted to lecture in say history. Um, then that, you know, I, I, it'd be hard to get a position. So like in Sydney, there's, what is there? Four universities. Um, so you know, I'd probably have to, you know, sort of shit, you know, pick up stumps and move elsewhere to uh, to get a, a job. Mm-hmm. And in Australia, the the like everything's a long way apart. Like we have we have a great big country with hardly any people. And so there are big cities are all like, you know, okay, five hundred miles apart or something. There are little city, little towns and cities in the, in between. But if I want to move to Melbourne, for instance, that's a you know eight hour drive, so you wouldn't commute that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, so do you drive around? <laughs> well, like I, I sometimes do. Like I'm obviously we're living in the city. I don't have to drive very much at all. Uh-huh. But I have driven. I have driven, say, to um, the if to the north of uh, where I live, about five hundred kilometers or so. This you drive to. Um, Queensland, which is like a the sun, it's it kind of like kind of like your Florida, I guess. It's like they call it the Sunshine State, which I think is what they call Florida. Uh-huh. And it's there's beaches and like well, we have beaches in Sydney, but it's, it's the temperatures were almost so you can go and, and swim and go to the and surf or whatever later in the year than you would in New South Wales, which is the state I live in. Um, I've driven up there. I've driven to um, to Melbourne, which is down south. They're quite long drives. I've driven into probably what you guys would think was the outback and that can be a couple of days drive oh dang um yeah so it's a, it's a big but it looks small on the map but it's probably about the same size as the the, the continental united states and not taking into account um alaska uh-huh so yeah i forget about alaska sometimes so it's okay mm, you know same yeah um. yeah so yeah, I drive around about a bit, but that's unusual. Usually, I, you know, I've got a ten-minute drive to work, so that's about what I do. Okay, okay. So, I have another question. Um, yep. Are you familiar with Outback Steakhouse? I'm familiar with it only because I've seen it on TV shows. Uh-huh. They don't have them here. We don't have blooming um, onions. We don't have any oh, of that stuff. Oh wow! You heard the truth here, folks. On Jordan mode, there's no Outback Steakhouse in Australia. That's crazy. Wow. And we don't drink. And we don't drink Fosters. Wow. No, no one has Fosters beer. I'm learning so it doesn't much. Doesn't even exist. Yeah. So yeah, there's the, there's lots of things that I think people think happen that don't happen here. Like I know people will say. I heard a lot of there's lots of memes about how the dangerous animals in Australia. Well, I think it's funny because like most animals are like cuddly. It's um like you go to Africa, angel animals are dangerous there. Um, okay, yes we have the you know, I think we have like the five most poisonous snakes and you know some of the most poisonous um, spiders, but you don't yeah. actually run into them very often. Uh huh. So. You know, it's not really that dangerous, but it, there's this reputation that, like, do you take your life in your hands coming to Australia or a shark will eat you or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. shark's not going to eat you unless you go in the water. 
Right, right. I sure hope so. You know, because I don't want to walk in a house and then see a shark. But I don't yeah, know. Well, like, hopefully, there's no sharknados anymore. <laughs> sharknados, yeah. That's <laughs> imagine terrifying. Wait, don't you guys have like um, spiders that are like huge? Yeah, we have. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a there's a meme of that, but but I've seen that. I've never seen a spider that big. Like I occasionally will catch spiders. I like they're about this big, but they're they're actually they're, they're called huntsman spiders, and they're actually quite they're they're not dangerous at all. They're nice. They I like I'll, I I will I will catch them and put them outside. I don't kill them. I just will get get a glass over them and. Um, put them outside because they're not dangerous and they they actually you know they're, they're kind of cute if you look spiders I, i've actually left them in the corner of a room like a pet for a while <laughs> but um but yeah i do i will usually put them outside because they tend to freak people out yeah but it's ones that it's, it's the smaller ones that are the, that you don't often see are the ones that are dangerous yeah so yeah so and and again I live in a an apartment. I'm not going to run into a, you know, a funnel web spider because I live in sort of they may make webs that are sort of like funnels, which is why they're called the funnel web spider. But they're while they're there are a lot of them in Sydney. They're usually in like a wood pile or underneath someone's house or something. And I'm not going to come across them where I live. So yeah, yeah, there are dangerous spiders, but yeah, unlikely to come across them. I I sure hope so. I mean, I would love to go to Australia one day just to just to see it. You know, like I want to see a kangaroo. I wasn't joking about that. I actually want to like hop in a. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, what else about Australia do you think is that people just stereotype and is not true at all? Oh, okay. We don't often. We don't say shrimp ever. We don't. We don't cook a shrimp on the barbie. We might. We call them prawns, not uh-huh. shrimp. Um, so that was that ad, like, which is probably so old you don't even remember it. But the, 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 the but the cliche, the meme is, is still exists. You know, throw a shrimp, shrimp on the barbie, will you? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's uh, not. Yeah, that's not very common. Um, but it just was a Paul Hogan thing from Crocodile Dundee. Oh yeah, yeah. Saw that movie. I I remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> so a, a lot of the people, like your, your Paul Hogan's or the, the Steve Irwin, the Crocodile Hunter guys, they you know they talk in, in accents like this, and not everyone talks like that. And you might not be able to tell the difference between what I just said and what I how I talk, but to us it's quite noticeable. It's a bit like um, you know if if you start talking in an accent from the deep south or something. Well, I mean, it's like um, it's like different tones or dialects because it's like Chinese. I'm Chinese, so like we have two different dialects, which is like two different sounds. If you get what I'm saying, like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I know, I, I get you. Yeah, yeah. So, and for us, um, the sort of Paul Hogan, Steve Irwin, God, that's the sort of uncultured kind of rough that um old-fashioned kind of australian dialect whereas now uh, i think most people kind of talk like me which is mm-hmm. sort of somewhere in between whatever 
but no, not but not as not like this, mate. Through your nose. Yeah, yeah. It's not like exaggerated. It's just you're chill. No, you're just it's how you talk. Yeah, normal. That's how I talk. Yeah. Oh, I just uh, pronounce things differently to you, like banana. Banana. Data. Data. Banana. Banana. So, like, what? What American things sound weird to you? Like fries, chips, crisps. Well, see, because we, we, we watch so much American TV, we grew up on it, so nothing sounds weird to us. And and quite, we're quite a an amalgam. We're very some somewhere in between England and and you guys, and we use a lot of. We have a mixture of things. Like we all say chips or fries, and we know what everyone knows what you're talking about. That's not like. If if I walked into a shop and you know, I'm like if I go to McDonald's, they sell fries. Like they don't mm-hmm. sell chips, even though they, it's the same thing. Well, I might walk into another store and they'll sell chips and they're still fries. That's just we just know it's interchangeable because we're used to it. Yeah. So most of, the thing I can't understand about America is guns. That's what I can't understand about America. Hmm. I. You have this amazing, incredible gun culture, whereas here, <laughs> like I don't know anyone who owns a gun. I don't. In fact, I don't. I tell a lie. I found out my, my father died about five years ago, and we found he had a gun, and it was this old, really old-fashioned pistol. And found turned out the story behind it was my grandfather who came to it. I, I have the side of my family that came back in the first fleet, and I have my two grandfathers who came here from England, and my uh, the grand one of the grandfathers who came from England thought he was coming into the wild west in like the 1920s and he came with a gun and it was and he just kept it and my my father kept it as like a keepsake he didn't have any ammunition he just had this pistol and so when dad died i i got the i was my, my sister said oh you better have this and i'm thinking okay how do i keep this and i looked into it because it's illegal to have firearms in australia unless you have a license mm-hmm. and I looked into what it would take for me to keep it. I'd had, and all I wanted to do was keep this gun as a, as a like a memento. I didn't want to fire it. I didn't want to do anything. But to keep it, I would have had to have learned how to shoot a gun, learned gun safety, keep it in a in a gun safe, and basically, I just went. That's all too hard. And so they, they every every year they have an, a gun amnesty where you can just hand in guns. So I um, I just you know put it in a bag and took it to the local police station and said, can you please open this bag because there's a gun inside and I'm giving it to you. I didn't want to walk in brandishing a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I, we, we, this is the thing that most outside America don't understand is this the gun culture. And obviously you- we saw this, this this week, how what terrible things can happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's in our... This country was founded upon guns. Like we have it in our Bill of Rights. Our um, yeah. Ever since we were separated from England and history, throw call back to history. You know, um, yeah. Crazy how things work out. Wow. Yeah. Is that, okay. Did you ask me earlier what else Australians don't understand about America? Um, we don't understand the fact that you guys think that you're the only country in the world. <laughs> Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, 
I am free to do. I mean, uh, the, anybody who likes guns will probably think what I just said. Then, oh, I have to hand you have to hand your guns in. You're not free. You're, I chose to do that. I could have kept it, but I also could have gone to jail for two years had I been caught having it in my possession without having a gun license. Uh-huh. So I chose to hand it in. No one needs to have a gun in Australia. You don't need it for your protection. You don't need it for anything because you know it's just not that kind of place. Um, wow. I think guns make people more um, more vul- more vulnerable and, and, and less safe. Mm-hmm. Like- I, I'm, I know I'm sure that anyone who who doesn't um, like who, who thinks that guns are important would think I'm an idiot, and I, I accept that. But that's the, what people in most of the world think. Like we look at America and go, "What a great place!" But well, I'd never live there because of the guns. Yes. <laughs> I, I I see where you're coming from, and I wish the U.S. was that kind of place where we didn't need to have guns, but it's it's unfortunately not that, you know? Like, I, I don't want to get too controversial, but I think we live in the U.S., we live in a place where we have the right to bear arms, but I don't think no one here like literally carries a gun out in the open. You know, they either conceal carry or keep it in their safe at home. Um, yeah, it's oh look, I, I think I think have when there's so many guns, then you kind of feel you need to have a gun to protect yourself from all the guns. It's one of those things that perpetuates. You know, because of, because no one has guns here, no one feels the need to have a gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's um, there are still criminals who have guns in Australia. I'm not going to tell you there's no guns out there, but right. I've never seen I've never seen anyone with a gun in my life. Damn. So who like do does law enforcement carry? Oh yeah, sorry, they carry guns. Yeah, it's not like England where England, the British police don't carry guns. In Australia, the cops will have a gun on their belt. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, actually, the Australian police have a very bad reputation for for killing people. <laughs> like, you know, um, so particularly in the in Victoria, which is the state south of where I am, they seem to have a a very very sort of bad record for. They don't just disable someone; they'll they'll take them out. So yeah. uh, they're, 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 that's the only place you'll see a gun is usually in the hands of a cop. Uh-huh. But, and they probably see them in the hands of baddies. All right, all right. But, um, yeah. Wow. I... Yeah. So would you say Australia is a nice place to live? Yeah, I would. And that's, it's, like I said, um, it's very free. We have all the freedoms you have plus Probably some more the free we can walk around freely without worrying about anything being shot, um, that kind of thing. So yeah, we have those freedoms. So we have exactly the same freedoms that you have. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's not it's not like when I walk out of my house, I'm gonna get shot. <laughs> so I, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, I know that I understand that. But then um, we sort of see all these mass shootings and the school shootings and all that kind of stuff. And we just go, well, like as a teacher, I, I was looking at the, the, the shootings this week and yeah. seeing the two teachers who got killed. And yeah, we still have lockdown drills. We have all those kind of things, 
but we don't really think they're ever going to happen. That, that will happen. We still take them seriously, mm-hmm. but um, you do wonder what you do in that situation. That you know, you think those teachers trying to protect the kids, and you just think, well, yeah, I guess, I guess you would. But you don't know what you're going to do if that ever happens. But I just, it's less likely to happen for me than it is in the states. Yeah, and why is that? Do, sorry, you talk. No, like, why is that? Do you think? Well, there's, there's still lunatics, there's still loonies, but the loonies don't have guns. The loonies yeah. might have a knife. The loonies might um, walk around with a baseball bat, but there's only a limited amount. They're not, they can't kill, you know, 19 children with those things. They'll get overpowered before that happened. Uh-huh. But when you've got, auto, you know, sort of um, automatic weapons, you know. True. Anyway. I should, we should get we should get off this like okay. controversial. <laughs> yeah, thing. it's kind of sad. Um, it's my condolences. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Okay. What did I say? Um. Fast. Yeah. The, the I guess the why you why the, the 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 kangaroo one and the podcast one was why you do it. So you you do seem to you connect with a lot of old friends from school by the sound of it when you're talking to people. Is that how how you originally intended it or um, your podcast? Yeah. I I talk to anyone. It's as simple as okay. that. And I have fun while doing that's it. That's cool. Yeah. So that's cool. Like and I have advice for you. <laughs> so advice let me t- for me. Yeah. Okay. Let me turn the tables on you. Just do it now. Okay. You create that podcast now, you won't regret it. Yep. You have so much fun. Yep. Yep. No, we are doing it. In fact, I, I, that is a question for you. So um, the actual way, because we're looking at um, ways of recording and we hadn't looked at Discord. So are you just recording this conversation through Discord? Uh, I use a, 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 another software called OBS, which I use to record this talk in Discord. So it's like... Okay. Yeah. Um, do you but, do it? Do you end up with two channels, one for you, and one for me, or do you have? Uh, is it just all one track? It's all one, one track, one. but I used to do it with um, different channels. I used to just do it in okay. Discord itself. If you're familiar with Zoom, you can also do Zoom, or there's a bunch of different methods. I would just try them all. Yeah. 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 Certainly, I'm looking at the qual- the quality of the video in Discord seems to be better than Zoom. So. Mm. Or maybe it's our cameras. So looking, I can, maybe. I don't know, because I, I talked to my friend, my, my, the, the guy I'm going to do the podcast with, he lives in Melbourne, and we've been talking through Zoom, and he all looks pixelated half the time, whereas you look pretty clear. Mm-hmm. You, well, you look fine. You look perfect. You know, it doesn't look like, <laughs> like sort of bad quality or anything. Uh-huh. Or maybe – Do I look like – no, you look great. See you through this. You look great. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you're like, no pixels. Your friend is probably using his no, um cool. freaking, I don't know, his built-in camera through a laptop or something, and those are always just bad. So. Oh, I'm using my built-in camera. I mean, what what are you using? Like, what what uh, what hardware? Like a okay. laptop. Okay. Well, I've got a Blue Yeti mic. That's uh-huh. what I've got there. But I've um, the camera's just the camera in my Mac. Oh dang! Laptop. What kind of MacBook? That's a good Mac. Yeah, that's the fourteen-inch MacBook Pro. Oh wow! 
I I have like the 16 inch, and that camera is terrible. It's actually ass, and that's crazy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's weird. But um, yeah. Is there anything you would like to shout out? Well, I would definitely like to shout out my book. I mean, that's it's actually only available for pre-order at the moment because it's not released until February next year. Mm-hmm. But you can order it on um, uh, Barnes and Noble. You can order it on Amazon. Oh, wow. um, there's some other thing you can order it on, but it's not well. I, it's I forget what it is, indie indie bound or something. I think, but yeah, Amazon for sure. It sits up, sitting there, and you can pre-order. And the Barnes and Noble, so it's it's they're there to go, um, but you won't get it for you know seven months or something, right, eight right. months. But basically, um, I'm just trying to get the word out there that it will exist soon, and um, you know, trying to talk it up a little bit. I'm not I'm not a natural self promoter. I don't uh-huh. really like doing this kind of stuff. I'm not I'm not someone who says, you know, look at me, I've just done this and so I'm really pushing myself to sort of like I've got all sorts of things out there and it feels really weird to have merchandise and Hell yeah. all that kind of weird stuff. Like I've got a red bubble page with all this merch on. Not that I expect to sell much of it, but it's more just it's kind of more for me to it's easy for me to, to order the merch and I can give it to people as like a right. like a, a sort of kind of promotional thing. Um but yeah, uh it's it's really odd. Uh-huh. I, I'm not the kind of person who would ever um do this normally, but as a result, there's no point writing the book if you're not gonna try and sell it. So I am yeah, I'm definitely that's my thing to push. You know, it's it'll be available. My here here it is. Actually, oh. my version with all little notes and stuff in there. But that's the book. Um, it'll be available, obviously, as a um, on Kindle and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully, there'll be an audio book happening. But I, that's no decision made on that till a little later. My publishers will decide if it's selling enough to warrant recording an audio book. Oh, it will. It'll sell. Yeah. I guarantee it. No, no, no. I know. I know it will. I know. Just look me in the eyes. All right. It will. Look in you in the eyes. (laughs) It will. I I believe you, Jordan. I believe you. Okay. (laughs) All right. Where can the people find you? Where can they find me? Um, Okay. Uh, www.lightbulbmomentshistory.com. That's, um, so that, that's the website. I'm on Twitter um, at Somewhat History. Um, they're the main places you'll find me. I do have a, a very basic um, YouTube presence. I started I've done a few videos on YouTube, mostly just sort of like uh, book trailers and things like that. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I couldn't even tell you what that was, but if you typed in light bulb moments in human history into the YouTube, you'd find that. So, yeah, so I've been, yeah, that's where I get to use all the things that I've been mucking around with at school, like all the video editing and recording. And so it's, it's in a way, it's all set me up to do all this stuff. So yeah. Thank you, education. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, teachers and education and school yes. and everything. Wow. Oh, yeah. I remember. I I think at the beginning you were like, if I had never wrote this book, I probably wouldn't be on here or something. I just want you to know. Yep. That is not true because if you have never 
made a matchmaker profile, you would not be on here. <laughs> it That's wasn't the true, book. But I wouldn't have made a matchmaker. <laughs> but I wouldn't make a matchmaker profile if I hadn't written the book. I mean, I. <sighs> That's you okay. You maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Okay. Maybe okay. All right. So it's like I, like I said, I, don't, I wouldn't put myself out there to do that unless I was doing this. So it's it's really pushing the envelope. Things I'm comfortable doing. Um, like even telling my friends that I've written a book was kind of a uh, difficult for me. No, yeah, I relate. It's like no, no, no one knew I was doing it, mm-hmm. uh, and suddenly I went, oh. Finally, went. I needed to out myself as an author, so I, you know, sort of went. Oh, hey, by the way, here's this book I've written, and they're going. Well, hold on. Didn't even know you were writing anything. Didn't even know you could write. Um, so that was kind of weird. So in a way, it's probably better to. Well, it's a surprise, but maybe, maybe it would have been better if I'd um, if they'd known what I was doing, just so that it was sort of. But I, what I didn't want to do is say, hey, everyone, I'm writing this book and look out for it soon and then get bored halfway through or lose steam and then just go, oh, nah, I'm not going to write that. And everyone's saying, so where's that book you were writing? Oh, I gave that up. Yeah. I wanted to be – I wanted to have it done before I started sort of talking myself up. Mm -hmm. Right. You want something to be like – to be there completed before you show it off, before you tell everyone. (laughs) That was how I felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's been an absolute blast having you on. You know, I've learned so much about the Australia and its education system, and just you know, I've always I like learning new things. So this was this was fun. I really enjoyed it. And well, thanks thanks for having me on, Jordan. That's yeah. great. I you teach those kids, all right? You teach them to be great people. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. That's their name. Huh? That's my aim. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And thank you everyone for listening. And we're off. See you everyone. Okay.